Dr. Luis Sandoval is accomplished in the fields of mental health and spiritual warfare. A medical doctor, board certified in neurology, psychiatry, and family medicine, he is also a psychiatrist for the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange Ministry of Healing and Deliverance. Now, Dr. Luis Sandoval. All right, folks, well, welcome to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You are listening to the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show. As always, I am your host, Dr. Luis Sandoval. Happy to be here with you to talk about our faith. Let's get started with this show at the top of the noon hour with the Angelus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it done unto me according to thy word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the word was made flesh, and dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we, to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection, through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke and we humbly pray and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl around the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, how appropriate that we always pray the Angelus and the prayer to St. Michael at the beginning of our shows, <clears throat> the beginning here at the top of the noon hour. But in general, you know, these prayers, are, I think, are just beautiful because they really encompass our faith in many ways. Um, <clears throat> and it's something that we, if we think about each of these prayers, uh, it, it's at the core of our of our beliefs, at the core of our, um, you know, of our catechism. We pray the Angelus, which reminds us of the Incarnation, and we pray the, Saint Ma- the prayer to St. Michael because we're reminded of that with the Incarnation came a price, the price for our salvation. Um, and knowing that there was going to be that price, there were going to be some agents on the dark side coming to kind of thwart that, to try to get rid of the merits of Christ and try to make us believe otherwise, make us think that, gosh, this, you know, you, you really don't, uh, you're not going to be saved. You're, you don't deserve salvation. You're imperfect. Look at how you failed, even though I tempted you and made you fail. Well, that's important to consider because this weekend, folks, we've got to remind you, uh, we have our 2023 Spiritual Warfare Conference. It's going to be at St. Joseph Catholic Church, uh, 1150 West Holt Avenue in Pomona, California. Uh, <clears throat> I know that it's a sold out show right now, but you can still log on to our website, virginmostpowerfulradio.org, uh, and you can log on to get the virtual uh, access to this to this uh, conference. I think it's going to be live streamed uh, and there's going to be recordings. So you can log on to our website and register and register for the live stream and recordings. For anybody who hasn't logged on yet, 
If you go into our website, you can click on the announcement for the show, 2023 Spiritual Warfare Conference. It's the ninth one that uh, Virgin Most Powerful Radio is putting on. Uh, and it's going to be with Father Chad Rippinger, Dr. Dan Schneider, and Kyle Clement, all members of Liber Cristo, the best, uh, best, really best way to approach exorcism and deliverance. <clears throat> if you look at, there's all different approaches, right? Of course, it's the, it's the name of Jesus Christ at the end of the day and our faith in Christ who really liberates people. So when you hear about, well, we got to do this approach or that approach, I would say ask yourself, which is the one that focuses on Christ the most? and on getting the person who might be afflicted, or as the, we say, the energumen, uh, who might be afflicted, closer to Christ, because that's the bottom line. <clears throat> it's very easy to fall into traps in deliverance ministry. Uh, a lot of people feel that, gosh, how come, you know, the priest might fall into this trap of how come I can't get this demon out? Uh, a lot of times people on different teams will feel like, gosh, I'm my presence here is what's going to get this demon out. Uh, and it's easy to forget that, you know, we show up and we pray and we're just regular folk. And it doesn't in, in the moment of a deliverance prayer, the priest, the exorcist, of course, acting on behalf of the church through the power of Christ, saying the prayers is the key factor there. But it's really the, the level of faith. There's been different saints who've been able to uh, do exorcisms. And I would say passive exorcisms. A lot of times people feel the need to. Um, do exorcism themselves, or they, or they say, how come I can't do that? How come I, I want to say the prayers because I want to help out my my family member or somebody and tell them that they, they don't need to uh, be afflicted by, by demons, but I want to be the one to do that. And little do we know that that's a lot of pride welling up inside of us, thinking that we are powerful because there's a sense of that. There's a sense of real satisfaction uh, feeling powerful. Think about it. Look at our politicians. Look at anybody who's in a position of influence. Uh, being able to sign documents or authorize final laws, that's pretty powerful. And I think a lot of people fall into that trap. When it comes to deliverance, spiritual warfare, it's easy to fall into the trap of saying, well, I want to do it because all of a sudden we want to feel that power. And it's easy to be tempted into that. You know, the the, <clears throat> the demons, the angels, the angels see us and they know what our weaknesses are. And demons having an angelic nature, even although it's a definitely broken fallen angelic nature they can see as well that how to tempt us through pride through different uh areas where we're not being virtuous we lack humility and they're going to say hey this is definitely something uh that we can use to our advantage to get this soul to turn away from christ let them believe that they're going to be powerful enough to do this you know it's great to to feel that we're important before the eyes of god and that's really what our talk's going to be about today but it's also important to know our limitations and really what our lane is and that's why i think something like the spiritual warfare conference where we're going to have great talks by father ripperger by kyle clement and by dr dan schneider uh, is a really a great place to help us stay in our lane because we start to really understand what spiritual warfare is it's not like in the movies that we see it's easy to have a Hollywood notion of it where we say, oh, I'm going to, you know, have a one and out with, with the demons. Uh, and I'm going to say these prayers of the church. In fact, I'm going to say the prayers of exorcism, just like a priest would, because why not? Gosh, I'm holy, right? So that's what we could easily imagine. But that's definitely not what we want to do. That's not the trap we want to fall into, uh, because spiritual warfare is not about us. It's really about Jesus. It's about getting closer to Jesus and getting away from demons. So the only way to do that, though, is not going to be through my own power. 
It's going to be through the power of asking God for faith. <clears throat> One of the things that I heard recently, well, which has been said in, on many uh, uh, talk shows recently and in Catholic circles and in Catholic conversations, is that our faith is diminishing. You know, they say, gosh, you're looking, what's going on? Why is the activity of the devil so great now? We see it in the news all the time. We see clubs wanting to come up in the schools. We see, uh, you know, different uh, organizations who claim to uh, either worship the, the devils or have the devils in their name. Uh, <clears throat> you know, they, they say, oh, we don't worship the devil, but they're trying to get a foothold uh, in, in government. They're trying to get a foothold and having conferences and whatnot. And want to be on the same plane as our Lord. Well, when it comes to it, we have to be a little bit more savvy than that. And we have to realize, you know, this is really not what Christ wanted. Why is this so much more prevalent? If we look at TV shows, gosh, there's TV shows about demons now that show them as being the good guy and show them as being normal. And in fact, showing that we have nothing to fear, the, the, the devil's on our side. Uh, and that's really the first way that we see temptation happen in the Bible. If you notice, when the demon, when the serpent spoke to Eve, he didn't come at her saying that he was going to attack her, kill her. It had nothing to do with him. He was telling her, I'm on your side. It, I, I hate that you have this restriction. I, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't bode well. What do you mean God put a restriction on you? That doesn't make sense. Now, obviously, he has a problem. Uh, you know, th this isn't this isn't right. And what we're going to say here is, is that what God told you was wrong. This is a psychology. This is a psychiatrist. You know, when people come to me, the first thing we got to do is challenge the feelings and emotions. Oh, so you're feeling depressed. Oh, OK, well, what's going on? Why do you think you're depressed? Oh, you feel that this person really doesn't like you. Well, why do you feel that way? What have they done? We start to challenge our feelings. We start to challenge our emotions to see are they accurate or not? because it's easy to get lost in a trap where we feel overwhelmed and where we feel like, you know what, that everything's bad and this person's really trying to attack me and we don't take that step back. That can be really, really challenging. It can be a dark place. Well, at that point, demons are opportunists. So that is the perfect place for them to say, hey, this person's having a moment of doubt. This person's having a moment of frustration. I think this is a time for me to talk to them. You know, I don't know what Eve's uh, thought process was when she was confronted with the serpent in the garden. I don't know what she was thinking before that. The Bible doesn't specify or tell us. But what I do know is that there is a mind game. And the mind game was, I know better. I'm on your side. Don't worry about what God tells you. That's not what's important. Look at what you're, take a look at this fruit. Take a look at the fruit of the tree. Doesn't it look good? Doesn't it look like it's something that would be good? Use your logic, not God's logic. And that's the challenge that we fall into. Why? Because ultimately, what we're going to be told is, I'm so much more powerful when the when the demons come, you know, to give us an offer. I'm just as strong as God, right? Then that what he told Eve, you can be just like God. You can have the knowledge of good and evil, and which really means you can be just as powerful as God. You can make God-like decisions. You're going to think like a God. You're going to be like a God. And that can be a really challenging place because that's where our level of pride comes in. That's where we start saying, oh, you know what? I can pray and I can exercise demons just like any priest would. Why not? Why not? I'm Catholic too, right? That's the trap. That's the trap we don't want to fall into. And when we come back from the break, we're going to see how we, as mere humans as we feel we are, will not fall into this. More when we come back from the break. 
All right, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You are listening to the Dr. Louis Sandoval Show. Today, we are talking about who are we really in this hierarchy of heaven and hell and spirits and angels and demons, and what does all this really mean from a mental health perspective, from a psychological perspective? I think it's easy to lose track of who we are in the eyes of God. You know, when we go to deliverance conferences or whenever I hear um, people talking about deliverance or talking about worried that they're, uh, you know, possessed or oppressed or afflicted by the demons, it seems like the, the majority of people feel really overwhelmed, like this tidal wave of power uh, has come over them and, and we, it's just too much. You know, we got to remember that God always tells us that he's not going to send us something that we can't resist. He's not going to send us something that we are not powerful enough to overcome. Uh, and most of these temptations, situations, oppressions are really for our benefit. And we forget that. And I think we forget that all the time um, because it feels so overpowering. Well, here's a few nuggets to remember. I was listening to a talk by a, a, a well-known exorcist, by a renowned exorcist, and a few nuggets that he said that really stuck with me in this process. One was, don't forget that you've been assigned a guardian angel. Right? We always worry about demons coming after us and us feeling helpless and vulnerable and hopeless. But he said, you know, we forget that we've been assigned a guardian angel, which means that we do have a protector. And guess what? Your guardian angel, as an angel, is more powerful than any demon in hell, even Satan himself. They don't want you to remember that. Why does he say that? He said, because our guardian angels actually have the grace of God. They get to see God. They're in heaven. They have the graces of God, which are infinitely more powerful than the destruction of hell. We already know God conquered hell. So we ask our guardian angels to protect us. We already have to have that eye, the, the, the sense of faith. And that's really where, where it's got to come from. We've got to have faith that if God's a good father, if I, if I know that I'm going to send my kids somewhere, that it could be really dangerous. But if I could send them with, say, security and, and arm, I like armed security, wouldn't I send them? These are my kids. I love them. They might have messed up or something, but I'm going to send them somewhere where they got to prepare before they come back. And it might be a little bit of a dangerous place. As a loving father, if I have the option to send them with a guard, I'm going to send them with a guard that can protect them from anything that's coming their way in that dangerous place. We forget to see ourselves with the eyes of God, the way God sees us as his children. God sees us as vulnerable. God sees us as someone he loves and protects. And so the guardian angel is going to be way more powerful than anything else that's going to come our way. Do we remember to pray to our guardian angel? The other thing is we can pray to our guardian angel. We can do all that. But then how much of a fight are we putting up? Sometimes we forget we're so weak. Uh, and that we can't do much. But here's what we got to remember. This is how powerful we are. God gave us enough power that we can either heal or destroy each other. We see it all the time, right? It comes down to free will. A lot of people say, well, if there were a God or he were so good, why would he allow evil? God doesn't allow evil. God allows us a choice. God gives us free will. So at that point, we have to ask ourselves, do we have power? Yeah, if I go up to somebody and tell them how important they are, if I go up to our fellow people here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio and say, gosh, you know, Terry, you're such an amazing person. I can't believe how much energy you have. You're doing so much work for our Lord. I love the way that you preach. I love the way that every time I tell you, Terry, thank you for everything you do, you turn it right to God and you always say, it's all about Jesus, man. Don't thank me. Thank Jesus. Terry always reminds me to stay on that, on that road and, and remember Christ. 
right? And if I tell him that, I think it builds him up and he builds me up. And, and that's great. We have that power to build each other up. What about the times where we go up to somebody and we put them down to make ourselves feel better? We have that power to bring people up and down. We can do that for each other. Don't you think God gave us the power to resist evil spirits? Listen to this. The book of James, chapter 4, verse 7, tells us just that. It says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. But how do we resist the devil? Well, I'll tell you what. Let's look at some stories of some people who've done it before us, who did such a good job before us of resisting the devil and moving forward in the spiritual life that they get to be called saints. Let's look at a few stories. This is what I wanted to do in the show and remind us where we are in this pecking order. We're right in the middle where we have a choice. Notice that we're not quite angelic yet, as in terms of angels in heaven. Hopefully we'll get there. But we also are not quite you know, evil and demonic, and, and we haven't gone down that road uh, uh, that we're in hell. We're, we're still alive. We have choices to make, and we're walking down that path where we're definitely higher than the demons in God's eyes, but we forget that. It's easy to forget that. It's easy to forget that we are powerful too. Let's look at the story of Saint Gemma Galgani. If anybody doesn't know about her, she was uh, an Italian mystic who lived in the 19th century, and she is a classic saint that we turn to when we talk about spiritual warfare. This is what she writes in a letter to a priest. It's important to listen to these experiences because we got to remember she was a person just like us, right? She's a human being just like us. And she made choices to follow Christ even when things were difficult. But when we do that, we might get attacked. And if any of our listeners ever do feel that way, if we ever do feel like, gosh, we're experiencing some kind of uh, preternatural activity, something unholy in our presence, it's important to remember, hey, what did the saints do in this situation? Right? It's no different than me as a physician. I, let's say I have a challenging case or something, and I'm not sure where to proceed. Gosh, this patient sure seems to be uh, frustrated and depressed, and I don't know exactly what I'm doing. I might go consult one of my colleagues and say, hey, you know, I got this case. Let me run it by you. What do you think I should do? That's really what it comes down to when we're praying to the saints. We're asking them for help and inspiration, saying, you've been here before. Let me run this case by you. Let me tell you what's going on in my life. Tell me what, from your experience what you would what you would advise. This is what she tells a, a priest. She says, during the last two days, Jesus has been telling me after Holy Communion, my daughter, the devil will soon wage a great war against you. These words I hear in my heart continuously. Please pray for me. That's what she tells the priest. She quickly realized that prayer was the best defense. Now, what did we hear in the book of James? It said, resist the devil and he will flee. And what is she, uh, St. Gemma Galgani telling us here? How do we resist him? Prayer. So let's see what she says. So she quickly realized prayer is the best defense. In response, Satan gave her violent headaches in order to make sleeping difficult for her. Her fatigue then made sleep more difficult, but she persevered. So that's not to say that the battle will not continue. Remember, it's a battle. In this world, if we, if we gauge the spiritual world the way we do the material world, we're not going to understand it. In the material world, we imagine, you know, even like when we imagine retirement, we imagine vacation, we imagine perfection free from any headaches, any um, anything going wrong. If we go out, if we go on a vacation, we imagine a beautiful tropical island, a drink in hand, sitting on the beach, and we never imagine, oh man, it was a challenge to get to the airport. Oh my goodness, there was turbulence on the flight. Oh, we got here and the, and the uh, hotel room's not perfect. And that all of a sudden does not compute with us. If I'm on vacation, there's supposed to be some kind of a perfect paradise. In the spiritual world, it reminds us, you know, so long as you're on this earth, things aren't going to be perfect. You're going to be having to resist and having to fight. St. Gemma Galgani here, she quickly realized when she started praying, that was her best, best defense, but the battle came on. The devil said, okay, bring it on. And then she says, how many efforts does not that wretch 
Wait, hang on one second here. How many efforts? Oh, here we go. How many efforts does not that wretch make to make it impossible for me to pray? Yesterday, he even tried to kill me and would have succeeded if Jesus had not come quickly to my aid. I was terrified and kept the image of Jesus in mind. So this is important. She doesn't specify what happened. At least this article was found an article with a few various saints who tell their story and recant their story on how they fought demons. Um, she doesn't tell us how the demon tried to kill her, but he did say that it was he was trying to make it hard for her to pray. This is important to consider because a lot of times we feel like we have to do all this extra stuff and we have to say just the right deliverance prayer and we have to go do all this other stuff that we get really, really busy with uh, in order to fight the devil, in order to find peace in our, in our lives, in our spiritual lives. And really sometimes trying to run around finding all that stuff or finding the perfect prescription is really a way to avoid it to avoid praying because while we're doing that, we're not praying. We're not just closing our minds, staying in silence and, and thinking about God or thinking about how much God loves us or saying our regular Catholic prayers, a rosary, even just saying in our Father, that might be difficult. You got to ask yourself, how many times do we say, gosh, yeah, I really have to get my spiritual life in order. I got to fight this demon. I got to pray. And we talk about everything that we got to do or that we think we have to do or that we want to do. But how often do we sit down and just do it? It's hard to pray. It is difficult to pray. And on top of that, she said that he was making it even more impossible. What did she do? What did she say happened? This is where we've got to remember, as I'm doing this, Jesus is working with me. As I am trying to resist the devil, as we hear in the book of St. James, Jesus is working with me. I'm not in this battle by myself. I think that sometimes it's easy to feel like we're in this lonely, only battle where there's nobody behind us. we got to remember if we think about it, the way that this battle would look is we are on the floor of the Roman Colosseum and there is 50% of the Colosseum is rooting for us because they're all the people from heaven and maybe 50% uh, on the other side, actually probably be less than that. I would, I'd say 75% of the people from heaven, 25% would be the people from the dark side. And we're down there on the floor fighting and we got all of heaven rooting for us. And in fact, they're probably throwing weapons down on the floor that we can use that are stronger, but if we're in a state of sin, if we if we have pride in our hearts, if we have if we let fear come into our hearts, we're going to be blind to all those weapons, and we're going to think that we're helpless. Little do we know that they're all around us. So let's see what happens here. The article goes on to say, at one point, while she was writing a letter, the devil snatched the pen from her hand and tore up the paper, and then dragged her from the table, seizing her by the hair with such violence that it came off in his brutal claws. So he actually ripped some hair out of her head. She describes another attack in one of her writings. The demon came before me as a giant of great height and kept saying to me, for thee there is no more hope of salvation. Thou art in my hands. I replied that God is merciful and therefore I fear nothing. Then, giving me a hard blow on the head in a rage, he said, accursed be you. And then he disappeared. I then went to my room to rest and there I found him. He began again to strike me with a knotted rope and wanted me to listen to him while he struggled, while he suggested wickedness, wickedness. I said no, and he struck me even harder, knocking my head violently against the ground. At a certain point, it came to my mind to invoke Jesus, Father, Eternal Father, through the most precious blood of Jesus, free me. So this is what she prayed. She prayed, Eternal Father, through the most precious blood of Jesus, free me. Well, let's see what happened here. Let's explore this paragraph, because this is kind of an important one to explore. You know, as people are gearing up to listen to uh, the deliverance conference. It's important to hear these stories because 
we got to remind ourselves of a few things. We got to be realistic. One, I'm not going to get rid of any demon without Jesus. But two, I'm not so weak that I can't resist, right? Sometimes we get into that sense. In this case, she's saying that, you know, she felt that she was being struck by the demons with a knotted rope uh, and that he was suggesting wickedness. In other words, if, she's, if he's suggesting wickedness, he's probably suggesting for her to sin. And these are probably evil thoughts, perverse thoughts that she's getting in her head that she does not want there. So this is the difference. I want to mention this because a lot of our listeners, a lot of my patients sometimes say, you know, doctor, I'm sinning because I have these bad thoughts in my head all the time. And I know I'm sinning and I keep going to confession. I can't get these bad thoughts out of my head. Uh, they're really uh, thoughts of hatred and lust and perverseness. And I know that they're sinful thoughts. I go to confession about this all the time, but I can't get them out of my head. What do I do because I keep sinning? And this is something to remember. I always tell our listeners, the thought in and of itself is not sinful. Temptation is not sinful. It's not pleasant, but it's not sinful. The question is, are you giving into these thoughts? Are you enjoying these thoughts? Are you welcoming thoughts of, of lust? Are you wel welcoming thoughts of revenge, of wrath, of hatred? If we start to welcome them, delve into them, get comfortable with them, that's simple. Sure, we're going to entertain it. But the thoughts there, what we really have to do are resist them. So long as we're resisting them and we recognize this is not something I want in my head, this is something I want to get rid of, we're on the right path. We can go to confession, but we're doing it right. More after the break. All right, folks, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You are listening to the Dr. Lee Sandoval Show. Uh, today we're talking about, gosh, how do we really keep in mind who we are in the eyes of God? what we can and can't do when it comes to deliverance prayers. We have our deliverance conference coming up this weekend, uh, and it's easily a, a moment of great learning. If you haven't registered already, you can go to our website, virginmostpowerfulradio.org, uh, and register. You can still sign up for the free, or not the free, excuse me, sign up for the live stream uh, because the, the, the conference is sold out as it sells out every year. Very popular. We have great talks, Father Ripperger. Uh, Dan uh, Schneider and uh, Kyle Clement, you know, all of the Liber Cristo uh, uh, movement for exorcism. And we all know anybody who's heard uh, Father Ripperger on different uh, social media outlets or different lectures he's given. We know that, you know, ultimately as, as an exorcist, he is one of the foremost authorities. Uh, I also recommend Father Vincent Lampert. He's a great, great uh, speaker and very even keel, full of joy and good sense of humor. Uh, you know, these are great uh, um, things to listen to, because as we start to explore this, it's easy to feel overwhelmed. Well, let's get back to our story here. We're talking about St. Gemma Galgani being attacked by demons while she's praying. And at this point in the story, she's being attacked very violently. And what does she do? She invokes the father. She says she's going to invoke Jesus' father. And she just says a quick prayer while she's being attacked. Eternal father. Through the most precious blood of Jesus, free me. That's all she says. You know, she didn't sit down and open the Bible, and which we should do, of course. But in the moment of being attacked, sometimes we're not sure what to do. <clears throat> These used to be called spiritual ejaculations. These used to be called, um, you know, that's that's what it's called. Just when you say a, a quick prayer from your heart, um, and what we can say is, you know, in those moments where we where we have that. We can just say, gosh, I'm just going to say something really quickly. It's just going to be a, a moment of passion. And what do I feel for Christ? What words is the Holy Spirit bringing to me? Come, Holy Spirit, tell me what to say. Tell me what prayer to use. Pray to my guardian angel and say, what word should I say right now? Because this is what we forget. We forget that during an exorcism, 
you know, if we're seeing it through the eyes of pride, boy, I want to have the power to do this. And I want to say that I did it. And I want to feel powerful against you. If we see it through the eyes of humility, I realize, gosh, I'm nothing before the eyes of God, but yet he loves me. And that's probably really upsetting, you know, the spirits of hell, because I am not perfect. I have sinned. Gosh, I, I deserve to be in hell, technically speaking, but God's mercy is so great and he shines it upon me. I'm going to pray to God and say, hey, I can't do this on my own, but it's whatever you tell me to do. I'm going to wake up in the morning and just say, Lord, what am I doing today? Guide me. I'm going to go about my day, but I'm going to ask you to guide me for every single move I do. That's really what she's saying. She's being attacked and she's saying, eternal father, through the most precious blood of Jesus, free me. She's saying, okay, I'm in a situation here I cannot handle. You know, I'm being attacked by the demons. St. Gemma Galgani shows us that if we're being attacked by demons, it's okay to feel like we can't handle it because it might not be for us to handle. It might be that we have to turn to Christ. And what does she say? It goes on, the article goes on to say she kept her faith in Jesus. She even used humor against the devil because this is what she wrote to the priest. She said, if you would have seen him when he fled making faces, so at some point the demon had to flee. She prayed and she resisted. It's not that it's going to be easy. I think we always imagine, oh, if I pray this and I'm going to be at peace and there's not going to be anything bad happening. No, it's going to be a, it's going to be a battle. That's why we have to resist. And she says, if you would have seen him when he fled making faces, you would have burst out laughing. It's so ugly. But Jesus told me not to be afraid of him. And I think that's the bottom line. This is the part where we forget. Um, you know, we forget that we don't need to be afraid of him. We don't need to fear because God has already conquered everything. Listen to this. This is from Romans chapter 16, verse 20. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. That does not sound like something we need to fear. St. Paul tells us, again, that was Roman. Romans chapter 16, verse 20. Uh, and the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. God's there. We just have to, we have to do our part too. We have to resist. We don't have to go in and, and uh, try to, you know, read the prayers of, of the church of exorcism, but we can say our own deliverance prayers. You know, if anybody has the deliverance prayers for the laity by Father Chad Ripperger, a great book, has a lot of good prayers, but sometimes just a simple prayer, a simple prayer of the heart, a moment where we unite ourselves to Christ is enough to put a beautiful spiritual space around us that demons are going to want to flee from and run away from. Well, let's take a look at what another saint did. Remember, these are our friends here, those who were consulting, and we're saying, hey, what did you do when you were being attacked? Well, let's look at St. John Vianney. John Vianney lived in France in the early 19th century. He was a priest, um, and currently he's very, very uh, respected. He is a patron saint of priests, and uh, at the time, though, they used to make fun of him. You know, the priest didn't like him. They used to say that he wasn't that smart because it took him a little while to get through seminary. Um, and I think there was a lot of jealousy because being such a holy man, he developed quite the following. People would wait in line for three days in order to get a confession with Father Vianney. Uh, but let's see what this article says. It says that he is so respected for his holy work as a priest that he is the patron saint of priests. I just said that. And he apparently regularly did battle with the evil one. Let's look at his battle. Once, his sister spent the night at his home attached to his parish church. She was awakened by a strange rapping sound on her wall and table. She went to St. John Vianney, who was hearing confessions late at night, and he explained. That's what he tells her. Remember, she's hearing a strange noise, and she goes to him and says, what's this all about? He says, oh, my child, you should not have been frightened. It is the grappin. Pitchfork, his nickname for Satan, he cannot hurt you. As for me, he torments me in sundry ways. 
At times he seizes me by the feet and drags me about the room. It is because I convert souls to the good God. In another instance, St. John Vianney was in his parish church leading hearing confessions when someone reported to him that his bedroom had caught on fire. His response? The grappin is very angry. He couldn't catch the bird, so he has burned the cage. It is a good sign. We will have many sinners this day. So this is what we got to remember as well. <clears throat> if we feel that we are going to fight the good fight, and if we feel that we're going to be kind to people, and if we feel like, gosh, I'm going to go out there and tell people about how important God is in their life, we got to tell people about why the Catholic Church is so great, even though it's not always easy to follow. You know, we read the tenets of the Catholic Church, and they can be challenging, to say the least. And a lot of people want to just change them and say, gosh, this is too hard. You know, why is the Catholic Church doing this? It's, it's so hard. The Catholic Church really needs to change. Well, if you think about it, that the Catholic Church, the faith of the Catholic Church, the tenets of the Catholic Church were left to us by Christ to follow. It's his church. If somebody says, you know, the Catholic Church needs to change. Really what they're saying is, well, Jesus needs to change his mind. The Catholic Church doesn't make up the rules. We follow the deposit of the faith that was left for us uh, by Christ himself. And that's the important thing to consider when we, when we see this. It's easy to think, nah, we should change it. It's too hard. Well, guess what? If you or I or anybody says, no, these are the tenets of the faith. This is what we want to follow. This is what's important. We're going to be attacked. People aren't going to like that. People on the dark side aren't going to like that. Notice that St. John Vianney said, ah, there was something bad that happened in my room. Mm, that means that really good things are going to happen because the, the demons are upset. This is a great way to consider things and to see things from a psychological point of view in a spiritual battle. The worst things that are happening to us, if we see it with the eyes of faith, remember his, his room burned down which means that whatever he had there, anything that was important to him is gone. Ultimately, when everything that we feel is important is gone, it's a test of faith. Can I say, well, I probably didn't need it anyway. Maybe God's going to help me replace this, or God's going to show me how to take care of all this anyway. I'm just going to put it in, in the hands of God. John Mayane said, everything burned down? Hmm, that means that we're going to convert a lot of sinners today. Somebody's upset, so some good things are going to happen. It's easy for us to stay focused or to stay stuck in the negative, when really, in the spiritual world, negative things are happening, it's a bigger challenge. Hmm, I think God's going to send good things my way, or God's going to make it so that I can really help him out. I got to be patient. I'm going to use humility and patience, and that's really going to drive away the demons. Is that enough for us, though, or do we feel like we have to be in a fight? Hopefully, that's enough for us. Hopefully, with the eyes of faith, we can be patient and, re patient and realize a lot of the seeds we plant, I'm not going to see the fruits of. I just got to have faith that as I'm planting seeds, there's going to be a lot of good fruit from it down the road. Let's look at another saint, Saint Padre Pio. Now, a lot of people say, Doctor Sandoval, these are saints. These are people who are, you know, way higher than I am. These are people who I could never reach those heights. No, that's not necessarily the case. If you were to talk to them, they would tell you, Look, I don't know what graces God has given you. My graces might be public, and and you might see that I'm able to do certain things, but I'm not able to do any of these things. You see it that way. I'm just praying. And I'm doing what God tells me to do. I think if we have those eyes of faith as well, we're going to realize, hey, I'm on my way to sainthood. Hopefully, I don't think, I don't boast, and I don't have pride in saying, oh, I'm a saint. Look how holy I am. It's more the idea of, well, I want to follow God, and who knows what graces he's going to send my way. That'll be uh, that'll be an adventure. I might not be able to even see them. I just have to have faith that they are there. And then as I talk to people, as I walk with people, as I hopefully try to make people feel comfortable and more alive in Christ, you know, Maybe a word that I say, who knows how it's going to affect somebody's life without me even trying it. 
it's just God working through us. Let's see what Padre Pio has to say. He says this, this part of the article is, is titled, These Devils Don't Stop Striking Me. So before the late 19th century, St. Padre Pio lived and died in Italy, but was known and revered through the world when he died in 1968. Uh, a holy priest, miracle worker, and stigmatist, St. Padre Pio was also regularly attacked by demons. According to Father Gabriel Amorth, a leading Vatican exorcist, so Father Gabriel Amorth, rest in peace, Padre Pio's real enemies were the demons who besieged him. The great and constant struggle of Padre Pio's life was with those enemies of God and human souls, the devils who tried to capture his soul. Even in his youth, St. Padre Pio would enjoy incredible celestial visions, but also suffered demonic attacks, Father, Father Amorth explains. Now, remember, this is it, folks. A lot of times we want to get um, all those celestial visions. We want to be able to say that we have uh, miracles working in our lives and we want it in a really tangible way. Don't forget when we get that, we're also going to be attacked. So sometimes if we're being attacked, consider, well, what's good in my life? Why am I being attacked? I'll, I'll give that up to God because there must be something good in my life or I wouldn't be in this situation. So this is what he says. Father Amorth says this about St. Padre Pio. The devil would appear to him as an ugly black cat or in the shape of a truly repugnant animal. The obvious intent was to fill him with terror. Other times, demons came as young girls, nude and provocative, performing obscene dances to test the young priest's chastity. Now, here's another, there's another great example, as we were saying in the show. A lot of times what's going to happen is we're going to be tempted with images or thoughts that we consider sinful. But the thought in and of itself is not simple. It's the temptation. The question is, what do we do with this? What do we do uh, with these visions? Do we entertain them or do we resist them? In this case, St. Padre Pio obviously is being shown something that he doesn't want. He's a priest. He's supposed to have chastity and he's being shown perverse images. What does he do? Well, we're going to find out when we come back from the break. All right. Welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You are listening to the Dr. Louis Sandoval Show. As always, a pleasure to be here. Today we're talking about what can we do simply to resist demonic attacks, temptations, things of that nature? Uh, you know, sometimes we feel like we have to do so much, and yet, really, the resistance is really simple. It's really turning our hearts to God. It's that easy, you know, leading a spiritual life, leading a life that we know is pleasing in the eyes of God, reading our Bibles, reading the Catechism, saying the Rosary. But more importantly, a lot of times it just comes down to the virtues. Am I trying to be humble? Am I trying to be patient? Sometimes, as we see here with St. Padre Pio, we're going to finish off and see what he did here in this situation. Well, before the break, we're talking about temptation he was experiencing. But sometimes, believe it or not, we're so quick to want to get rid of any negativity. And that's classic of our culture, right? You know, so many patients come to me and say, I'm not supposed to have a bad feeling. I'm supposed to be happy all the time. I say, well, who said you're supposed to be happy all the time? Sadness, frustration, those are normal human emotions. It's important for us to feel those emotions because that's how we mature, right? If we were always just happy, well, then how are we going to know how to face challenges in life? How, do, how are we going to know how to uh, overcome difficulties if we've never faced a difficulty, right? It's like we used to say, it builds character, and it really does. Being able to navigate the waters of not feeling good, of feeling frustrated, it really does build character in many ways. So a lot of times if we feel like we're being tempted, if we feel that spiritually uh, we're in a rough spot, believe it or not, sometimes the best way to resist the devil is just to use patience. And patience just means that I sit there, I understand what's happening. I understand that I'm being tempted with bad thoughts or I understand that I'm being tempted to do bad things, but I'm not going to move. 
I'm going to stand still before the Lord. I'm going to sit down or I'm going to stand up or I'm going to go through my day, realize that these thoughts are going to happen, but I'm just going to patiently wait for it to go away. And they usually do. And the more we are patient, guess what? You know how they say patience is a virtue. The more we're patient, the more the devil's going to get frustrated and go away. And after that, we're going to realize, you know what? I, sh I can resist a whole lot of things if I just kind of wait patiently, not just in the spiritual world, but in the physical world. If there's challenges at work, difficult people, gosh, if I just kind of sit here and wait patiently, I think all these challenges will just kind of go away by go by the wayside on their own. You know, and that's that's really what's powerful. That's really what's what's special. Well, let's see what Padre Pio did. Remember, the de demon was uh, trying to provoke him with nude images, obscene dances of young girls while he's trying to be a chaste priest. And it says that he sensed great danger. And he realized the devil was trying to deceive him. And what did he do here? So well, actually, it, says, it goes on to say um, there's another tactic uh, that the devil was using. Uh, trying to appear also as someone good and holy. So there's another temptation. So one temptation might be an obviously sinful image or, or imagery in our minds. Another temptation is that the devil would appear taking the form of one of his superiors, so his provincial, or in a sacred form. He would appear as our Lord. He would appear as Jesus or as the Virgin Mary or St. Francis to him. Um, and he said, this was a particular problem. These temptations were a particular problem. These images were a particular problem. But this is how he would discern a vision. It says that he noticed a certain uh, timidity when the virgin or the Lord first appeared, followed by a sense of peace when the vision departed. On the other hand, so this is if it were truly of God, he would sense uh, he was a little bit shy, a little timid, and it would be followed by peace. A lot of times we wonder, was this something that God put in my heart? Is there an image God put, you know, uh, that I saw or this thought that I have? Um, is it a peaceful thought? If it's peaceful, then it's, it's pretty a pretty good idea that it's from God. On the other hand, uh, he says, a devil in a sacred form. Okay, so now if it's something that we think is sacred or, gosh, you know, I hear this all the time. The Holy Spirit put this on my heart and I have to go do this now and I have to go do that. It says, if it's the devil in a sacred form, it provoked immediate feelings of joy and attraction, replace afterwards by remorse and sadness. So do we ever experience that? Do we ever experience remorse and sadness? What I would say is this. If we're being uh, attacked, if we're being provoked by imagery such as was first described, something that we know that shouldn't be in our lives, and you know the devil's going to tailor it to us for a chaste priest, he was showing him pictures of uh, nudity, images of young women trying to provoke him to have simple thoughts or pleasures in his mind. Um, and how does he resist this? He starts to imagine and, and to analyze, how do I feel about this image? Is it a good image? Is it something that leaves me with a sense of peace? Or is it something that leaves me with remorse and sadness afterwards? If it leaves me with remorse and sadness, obviously this image didn't come from heaven. It didn't come from above. If it leaves me with a sense of peace, then obviously the image or what I'm feeling is coming from heaven. This is a good way to discern what we're experiencing. You know, if we feel like we have to go to confession every time after we we um, have a thought, after we experience, uh, you know, something that we feel is not sitting well with us, and because we feel remorse and sadness, it's not necessarily that we sin. I don't want people to feel like, oh, you know, we can fall into scrupulosity. Everything I feel, everything I know is a sin, and now I have to go to confession every single time, and I'm there every week. I don't know how to get rid of it. Sometimes, honestly, just being patient 
letting the thought pass, not entertaining the thought, being aware of the thought that's there, but not entertaining it. You know, it's almost like if we are watching a TV show or something and we see somebody committing a crime, I realize I'm not committing the crime, but I got to be patient until that scene goes away and it will. Uh, that's how we know this is this came from heaven or this came from hell. Does it leave me peace? Peace is always of the Holy Spirit. Remorse, sadness, bitterness, rage, uh, feelings of uh, feeling dirty or guilty, uh, probably not coming from the, the heavenly uh, kingdom. Then it goes on to say, Satan would even sometimes attack Padre Pio physically. He described this in one letter he wrote to a priest confidant. These devils don't stop striking me, he said, even making me fall down from the bed. They even tear off my shirt to beat me. But now they do not frighten me anymore. Why don't they frighten him anymore? It says, Jesus loves me. He often lifts me and places me back on the bed. How beautiful is that? Let's read that again. Why don't they frighten anymore? Because Jesus loves me, and often he lifts me and places me back on the bed. You know, this happens so many times. People come to me, and we, it's easy to forget. What I mean by this happens so many times is I can't say that I've fallen off the bed and Jesus has lifted me back on the bed. I, I'm not there. Uh, hopefully someday that would be amazing. But it tells us a few things. One, Christ is right there with us during our fight, but he can't fight our fight for us. You know, ultimately, you know, we can say, why is God permitting this? Why is God sending me this, uh, um, you know, evil attack? Why is this happening? I don't know what's in the mind of God, and I'm not going to challenge the mind of God. God's you know, ways are perfect, and I'm going to try to be patient with it. But I also have to remember that if I'm being attacked or if something's happening, that's my fight. That's, that's technically my fight. It's not that I don't have the support of heaven. Jesus is right there, and he's going to get involved. He's going to lift me up just like he did to Padre Pio, maybe not physically, but emotionally, spiritually, he's going to say, I see what you're doing. And guess what? I'm going to protect you in many ways that you don't even know of. For Padre Pio, he was able to lift him and place him back on the bed. What a beautiful scene. If I sit here and I hope that for myself, I can't because that's what happened for Padre Pio. Jesus is going to help me in the way he's going to help me. He's going to help me differently in my fight. Um, and he's going to help each of us differently in our fight. I can't say, well, I want that to happen to me just the way it did for Padre Pio. It, it wouldn't because that's not that's not the way my battle is going. i got to focus on what am I doing? Where's my battle? And realize that Christ is going to lift me in his own way. He's going to find a way to say, well, Dr. Sandoval, this is where you're at. This is what you're doing. Okay, this is the part where you're feeling weak. Hang on. Let me help you out in this way or that way. It's no different than when I talk to my patients. I'm far from being Christ, but I hope to be of support to them. I hope to be uh, help them feel, um, you know, some relief from their mental illness or, or anything that's plaguing them as far as their mental health. And each patient is different. Even if they both have, let's say I have two patients and they have depression, each depression is different. Some One of my patients says, oh, I heard that you prescribed this to another patient and I, I want that medication. I would say, no, that one doesn't work for you. They're going to say, but why not? They, they took it and they, they're looking great. I want the same prescription. I want the same remedy. Mm, yeah, but you know, I know your case very well. And you also have these other medical conditions or you're on these other medications or, you know, you've failed this other medication. And if I tried that one, it would be the same thing. I know a lot of different things for my individuals. And guess what? Even though they're both having depression, I have to treat them differently because they're very individual depressions. They're not all the same. Same goes for anxieties. Somebody comes in and they have an anxiety I have to meet each person individually, figure out what their particular case is, and tailor the treatment for the individual. 
we have to remember that Jesus is doing that for us. You know, there's not this blanket relationship that we all have with Jesus. The saints, they, they're just very good at telling us about what their individual relationship with Jesus was. For our listeners, what I would say is we're all on the way to sainthood, I hope, because hopefully we're all trying to develop an individual relationship with Jesus. If we're feeling attacked, if we're feeling like there's evil activity in our lives, God's going to know the individual evil activity that is in our lives. I was listening to a talk by Father uh, Ripperger, and he was saying the same thing. He was saying, you know, the way that one person is attacked by the devil is not the way another person is attacked by the devil. He says even when he's doing his exorcisms, he says he'll do an exorcism in one place, and then he'll do it in a different place. And it might be the same demon acting on both places, but it's acting on separate individuals. And the cure or the final recipe for the exorcism, the final thing he has to do is going to be different for each one. Just because it's the same demon, one person might have to say a particular prayer. Another person might have to go uh, remedy a relationship with their brother. It all depends on what the individual person needs, what's going on in their individual lives. It's the same for us. If we're going to go listen to the spiritual warfare conference, what I always ask people is this. Uh, when people come to me and sometimes they'll ask questions on the side and I'll be there, you know, in case anybody has questions, I'll be there in person. Get a lot of people coming to me and saying things like, I remember very particularly a young gal saying, oh, Dr. Sandoval, I keep hearing these demons. I keep hearing the voices of demons. I've gone here. I've gone there. Uh, you know, I've talked to priests. I've talked to psychiatrists. I've talked to psychologists. And I keep listening. And I keep hearing these voices of demons. And boy, they're torturing me. They're telling me negative things. I don't know how to get rid of them. And so as I was sitting there listening to this, this person was obviously feeling tortured, not feeling very good at all. And then my next question to them was, I didn't ask him what the demons were saying, because I think we give a lot of credence to, oh, when the demon said this and the demon said that, uh, you know, and, and we try to listen to this. But we got to remember that anything the demon tells us is going to be a lie at one point or another, even if it sounds good. The end is not going to be good because their whole purpose is to destroy us. So if somebody's going to destroy you, they're not going to really be on your side. But the question I ask for people when they tell me, Dr. Sandoval, I'm hearing all these demons and they're telling me this or they're telling me that. I say, well, what is Jesus telling you? Are you hearing the voice of Christ? Because the voice of Christ is still there. We can't forget that. Jesus is still talking to us. The voice of Christ is going to be much louder than the voice of the demons if we know how to listen to it. If we stop and we patiently say, well, I'm hearing these things. I don't want them to be there. I don't want the influence of the demons in my life. I have to shift my focus and realize I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. God's going to send me here to protect me on this earth. He's going to give me a guardian angel that's more powerful than whatever these negative thoughts are, whatever these demonic influences are. My guardian angel's there. I have all of heaven backing me up. Am I listening to heaven? I think we need to listen to heaven. That's really the answer of the day. When I'm reading my Bible, when I'm praying, am I being patient and listening for heaven to talk to me? Once I do and I hear the word of God, in prayer, in my heart, the demons are going to flee. They want nothing to do with it. Once they see that I can be patient and I can outwit them just by being patient without even doing anything else, they're really going to flee. So keep that in mind. If you attend our spiritual warfare conference, remember, it's about Jesus and Jesus on our side. Until next week, I say, keep it Catholic.